Welcome to the Don't Get Hurt Twice podcast. My name is Jay Chad Parker. I'm a personal injury trial lawyer. Uh, these episodes are meant to help you, that is the public, confront issues uh, when you're involved in a car accident. Uh, we'll also talk about other issues outside of car accidents along the way in different episodes. But today we're going we're gonna to devote this one uh, to uh, selecting an attorney. Uh, what kind of lawyer do you want representing you? After a car wreck, so that you don't what? Get hurt twice. That, that's the point of this. That is the message of don't get hurt twice. It's a warning. It's a cautionary warning. It's ask, it asks you to stop and think for yourself about what could happen depending on the decisions that you make. One of those decisions at the very outset, after the dust settles from the accident, uh, is do I go it alone or do I find a partner? The decision to go it alone uh, is often by the most well-intentioned people, people that expect the same kind of uh, honesty and integrity uh, that you have. Hey, I'm honestly telling them, this is, my car wasn't damaged beforehand. It's, it has this much. I got an estimate. It says $5,400. Um, it wasn't my fault. You know, many people will be surprised, and, and those of you that have tried this before probably are not surprised, that you'll encounter someone from the insurance company that will not be excited uh, about helping you even get what's fair done. And so I've seen many people, which led to the creation of the phrase that I use, that's mine. It's trademarked. Don't get hurt twice. People that tried to handle it themselves in many instances got hurt twice. How do I know that? Well, they would come to me and said they'd already done this, this, or that. And I'd say, well, I'm, I mean, we can't, it's too late. But in many instances, they, we still have a chance. I've had a lot of people come to me because of the insurance company. They were smart enough to stop and realize how this was going to go, by what was being said to them, how they were being treated, the tone of voice, as if acting as if you were trying to get something for nothing when all you were trying to do was get something done on something that had been damaged by somebody else. And so a lot of clients have been driven to me that way. And so I hear their stories and, and that's what leads us to this on selecting a lawyer. So of course, I'm of the opinion Almost in every circumstance, I'd recommend get a lawyer, a lawyer that's skilled uh, in the personal injury arena. Because, you know, most lawyers that practice criminal law are not going to be as knowledgeable about property damage issues, rental car issues, things that don't normally associate with criminal cases. And that's the same with divorce lawyers. So you probably want to think about a personal injury lawyer. If that's the decision that you're making, and, and, and I hope that you do, you're, you probably want to look to see who's board certified in personal injury trial law, because that's a designation for a much smaller group of lawyers with a qualification level that's significantly higher than those that are practicing personal injury law, but don't have that certification. It gives you some confidence that that lawyer has tried cases to the jury and has been in practice for a certain amount of time and has passed a, a, a written test that really tests the proficiency of that lawyer's knowledge of the law. And so even if you didn't know anything about a lawyer other than what you saw in a picture or on a TV, um, 
if you don't start seeing somewhere a board certified in personal injury trial law, I suggest that you you keep looking. Uh, I also suggest that it's a good idea for you, if you've never had a lawyer before and don't know one in this field, to go see more than one. It just makes sense. Your parents probably told you, hey, you know, get two estimates, right? Don't buy the first thing you see. It makes perfect sense along the way because it helps prevent you from getting hurt twice. That is, when it comes to hiring the lawyer, uh, if you get the wrong one, if you get one that doesn't have the qualifications, um, doesn't have the knowledge, doesn't care enough about your case, then you're on the road to getting hurt twice. Why? You know, I've represented a lot of people in car accidents. Um, and many of those people had been in more than one. In the past, they said, well, I went to so-and-so in the past, and then I came back, and uh, I'm never going there again. Cause, and they would say to me laughingly, yeah, I got hurt twice. Because it, it becomes a running joke with my clients. After the case is over, if it turns out well, they really kind of get it, especially if they've been represented by somebody else in the past. Um, you know, I, I, I think about, um, you know, outcomes. Lawyers can't guarantee outcomes. I can't tell you, hey, I'll get you a million dollars or, hey, I'll get you this. It's all determined on the facts, the circumstances, the insurance company, the, age, uh, the insurance adjuster working the claim. There's a lot of variables that go into it. But the way you maximize you know, your chances uh, is to do things uh, that you know affect um, the ultimate outcome. And that's where hiring the right lawyer comes into play. Um, I was once approached by someone who had fired their lawyer, and he had called me two months prior, and I didn't really remember the guy. Because, you know, lawyers, we're not supposed to talk to other clients that are represented by people. You know, if they call and they start talking to me, and of course I have no way of knowing they're represented until they said, well, hey, I've got a lawyer. And I said, well, hang on a minute. You're represented. And he goes, yeah, but I'm really not happy. And I'm like, well, um, you know, you have two choices. You can continue that representation. Uh, you have a right to terminate that lawyer if you don't, f- if for whatever reasons you feel. And, uh, and if that happens, then, you know, I'll be happy to talk to you. Well, at the time, he had told me that he had gotten an offer. And I thought, well, I didn't know what the facts were of his case, but it sounded pretty good. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I ought to just stick with that guy is what I told him. Last thing I told him, maybe I ought to just stick with that guy. Um, because, you know, it was a lawyer from the town I, I work in, and I'm, I, I'm not the kind of person that tries to poach everybody's client the minute they say they're unhappy. Why? Because we all know some clients are unreasonable, and they're not going to be happy with whoever, okay? And so... Uh, Anyway, I tell this guy, well, he fires that lawyer, and two months later, he shows back up with this file. He's got his medical records, he's got everything, and he's got an offer. And his offer's for $300,000. And I'm thinking, uh, what is it? Well, he'd had a surgery. Um, And so anyway, I simply took that information, repackaged it, wrote a demand, um, sent it on my letterhead, which, people, I'm not saying it's me. But I'm telling you, there is a different cause and effect between the letterhead of one lawyer and the letterhead of other lawyers. Do not think that that's not true. The insurance company gets letterhead uh, demands from one lawyer, A, versus B, and I can tell you, lawyer A uh, will get better offers than lawyer B. That's just a fact. 
Remember, I represented insurance companies as their lawyer for 20 years. So I send this. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe I had better grasp of the medical. Maybe I presented his damages better. I don't know. Uh, ultimately, I settled that case for $500,000. And my point being is that one lawyer versus another with the same set of facts can actually result in two different outcomes. And that's an example of a $200,000 swing that is a real story. Um, so this is why we're talking about uh, what to think about, who to choose in hiring a lawyer after a car wreck so that you don't get hurt twice. Now, I say an outcome that's less than it should be is also getting hurt twice. Because you say, well, you know, I mean, 300000 is a lot of money. You know, he probably would have got a, a good bit. Well, that may be true. But if the insurance company has reserved the case at $500,000, which is what they expect to pay on their own internal evaluation, if they actually pay three hundred because the lawyer misevaluated, wasn't respected enough, uh, wasn't able to put it together the right way, then the insurance company essentially had a $200,000 uh, windfall um, because they'd already decided that that money was lost because they agreed that it was valued at that. Because an insurance company won't make a payment unless they've reserved the case at that amount, which means they've agreed internally it has that value. So that's kind of an internal thing for you to understand as to why your lawyer needs to be uh, board certified in personal injury trial lawyer, experienced in this kind of work, and have a good reputation. Now, when you go to reputation, of course, if one lawyer has tried 100 cases like me and one lawyer has tried five in the same 30-year career, who do you think has more experience with outcomes, um, the values of claims? and also uh, has the respect of the insurance industry across the board. I mean, because I see the same insurance companies every single day with my clients. I sign clients up every month, every day, every week, really, and resolve you know, a certain amount every, every month. And it's the same players that you see on television. Uh, Allstate, State Farm. You know, Liberty Mutual, and there's some smaller companies, but generally adjusters in that field begin to know the lawyers in the areas where they're settling claims. And they know who will try cases, who won't, who will accept less, who, who demands more, who gets more. And that is part of the process of you not getting hurt twice and having, you know, a good outcome as opposed to something that you're not satisfied with and really uh, isn't fair to you. Uh, but that's all of your own doing because you have to choose the lawyer. And so if you've never had experience with a lawyer, which is where this started a minute ago, then you get two estimates, I said. You need to go meet two different lawyers because not only will you hear from them what they're saying, you'll also perceive the atmosphere at their office. You know. Is it in a strip center? Does it seem like, you know, it's gloomy around there? I mean, you know, these are some of the, you know, you put, you, you kind of put your finger in the air and you, and you test, you know, hey, how does this feel over here? You know, and hey, it's the same thing when you go to a doctor's office. I mean, if you went over someplace and, and you didn't like the looks of places, you know, 
you might not be ready for this guy or girl uh, to handle your colonoscopy. I mean, it just might not be where you want to go. Same thing with a lawyer office. Then when you talk to them, you can see whether you're being sold or whether or not you're being talked to. And I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of people just want to be heard. You know, like, hey, I'm, what happened? You know, not, hey, I'm the greatest. I'll get you a million bucks, okay? If you hear that, you know that they won't hear you later, okay? And so it's up to you to draw the line. Who do I want after I talk to more than one if I don't know somebody already? You also get to uh, weigh other factors that are going to be helpful to you in not getting hurt twice. Like, for instance, one of the most important things, the fee arrangement. Some lawyers charge, you know, 40 45 maybe even higher if the case gets filed. So what one competent, competitive, thorough lawyer could do at 33%, another lawyer may simply file suit a couple of weeks after they get your case and have your fee at 40 to 45% of the overall. Now, who does that benefit? Not you, okay? You're already getting hurt twice from the get-go is what I'm saying. Because in my personal opinion, the way a car wreck case should be handled is that there should be a sincere effort, a thorough effort. That means the, the lawyers accumulated all the medical records and bills before you send a demand. The lawyers accumulated any evidence of lost wages that you have. Uh, the property case has been settled. That is, your car's been fixed. It's been paid for, compensated, if that's the case. There should never be any contemplation of filing a lawsuit before all that's done unless the statute of limitations is about to run, which is beyond the lawyer's control, right? You hang around. The accident happened almost two years ago. You show up at the lawyer's office a month before the statute's going to run, and the statute just simply means in Texas, um, in a personal injury claim uh, for negligence, you have two years from the date of the, of the accident when you were injured to file suit. If not, it's gone forever. Uh, there's differences in if it was a minor, but for the most part, we're talking about adults. You show up at your lawyer's office, of course, the lawyer's going to have to file suit and should immediately to preserve the statute. That is to protect you. Y'all can put that stuff together later. But back to the fee arrangement. I mean, it may not seem like a lot of money, but when you start doing the math on a $50,000 settlement and you start, you know, one at 33%, and one at 45%, you know, that's real money that you have lost. Um, one of the things that I do, which I know other lawyers do as well, which is, you know, sometimes it just doesn't feel right. Um, the client's not going to get what I feel like's fair. Of course, I cut my feet. I mean, there are many instances where I take anywhere from 25 to 30% instead of what contractually I could take even when I'm in a lawsuit and I've got a 38% fee contractor or 40%. It just depends. I like to make it right. I know what I've done and I hadn't done on that file. I know how easy it was for me to get there. Now, granted, yes, a lot of it is my reputation, knowledge, and experience. And yeah, uh, that's what you're coming for. And if it gets resolved sooner than later, Hey, I'm sure you're happy with that as well. But sometimes people uh, feel like, you know, the process didn't serve them well. And so you get an idea when you learn the reputation of the lawyer you're thinking about, uh, as well as when you meet with them and talk to them as to whether or not if you end up in a circumstance 
where the lawyer may have to sacrifice his or her fee to some small degree or to some degree more, you know, who's your partner, right? The, the person you were partnering up with from the beginning, is this person you're going to be able to count on at the end? Or are they going to be thinking about you like an old college freshman, you know, going to the pros? Hey, we're going to be one and done here. You know, I'll never see this person again. I don't care what happens to them. That's what you want to find out. And when you do that, you'll have a better feel. Uh, because a lot of times I tell my clients, don't worry about it. Hey, I got this. Once we get going, we'll holler at you when we need some information, but I don't want you to worry about it. We'll take care of it. And that should be how you leave that law office feeling. Um, confident that they know exactly what to do and are going to do it. Confident that if they need you or have a question, they're going to ask it. Um, confident that they'll involve you in, in, in anything that needs your input. Um, and an office that provides you some status. You know, um, I have people in my office and in my processes that work at different stages of your case, which means people know what I don't know. Like, are all your medical records, have they come in? Because sometimes people, um, you know, get upset at, at, at the law office uh, because the case is not moving as quickly as they'd like it to, but at the same time, you know, there are issues with people not working at the hospital during COVID or something else where they have to give us your medical records and bills for me to be able to send a demand. Again, that goes back to the competency of the office. How well or how good do you feel about their office? Because somebody who has a process to order those bills and records the minute you've stopped treating means your chances of having a demand made shortly thereafter and potentially your case resolved much greater than somebody who's just putting out fires. And so that goes back to the optics. Does the place look organized that I'm, that I'm looking around? Do the people seem organized? Do they seem to be competent and confident in what they're doing in the decisions that they're making and the questions that they're asking me? If not, chances are you're probably in the wrong place and chances are you're on the road to being hurt twice. Um, the point of this podcast is is not to drive you to me. You may be watching this for obvious someplace. I'd never represent you, and that's not the point of it. Um, the point of it is people might hear this and get some information and ponder a question and a thought about hiring a lawyer that they never thought was important before, something they never thought mattered. I don't care what it looks like over here. Who cares if they seem a little disorganized or that person's not board certified. I mean, he says, she says that they can handle the case. Um, it's, it's just like, um, another episode that I've done that talked about the things that you can do at the exit scene and afterwards to ensure that you might not get hurt twice. We've moved up to discussions today about the lawyer that you select, because that's the net next step forward. If you're not handling this yourself. And if you get somebody who you're comfortable with uh, and fits a lot of this criteria that we've laid out here today, then again, you've reduced your chances even more that you get hurt twice. Uh, and ultimately, I know most of you are not looking for a handout. You're not looking for a, a, a freebie. You're looking to make sure, and many of my clients have told me this again and again, Mr. Parker, you know, I don't really care what I get. I just want to make sure I don't owe anything and all my medical bills are paid. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And at the same time, 
hey, I've never done this before, and almost apologetic that they're having to pursue a claim against somebody because why? Not their own fault. The insurance company has chosen to either deny their claim, uh, claim that it was partially their fault, uh, or uh, say that they're they're not going to pay their damages, their medical bills, because they think they're too high. All of this sometimes can be handled with a very competent lawyer with a good reputation. Imagine, insurance companies, uh, they throw out things like, well, you know, we think your, your client, Mr. Parker, was 20% at fault. Well, why do you think that? Well, we think maybe they should have seen this all unfolded and somehow got out of the way. Well, in their mind, 20% is 20% off the 100% that you should get. So they're collectively trying to say 20, 25, whenever they can. Now, if you have a competent lawyer, board certified, tried a lot of cases that can lay out the facts in the demand along with the police report that support this, I mean, the chances of you having to eat that 20%, I say go down. If you have someone who doesn't really know what they're doing, doesn't have a good reputation, um, maybe they accept less. At the end of the day, you know, some of the lawyers, um, and this goes back to the strip center, and this goes back to the surroundings. Imagine uh, the lawyer's office. There's overhead. There's staff. There's bills to pay. You know, um, you don't want your case to be settled simply because it was a time and a place to pay part of the overhead. And that goes back to the integrity, the reputation uh, of the lawyer that you choose to partner up with, because that's what you're in. You're in a partnership. The lawyer has their part. You've got your part. Your part, you know, we'll talk about in another episode. And that involves, you know, uh, going to treatment, uh, being steady, uh, being, you know, uh, full disclosure, things of that nature that, that, that create an environment where your medical records and bills are consistent and allow a good lawyer to present your claim and, uh, and have it end up like you want to. Um, I know this, uh, this topic is sometimes, um, you know, uh, one that people overlook. Well, I mean, it's easy to hire a lawyer nowadays. I mean, look, I can look in the, in the old days, I'd look in the phone book, but now I'll just look on the websites. I'll watch the TV commercials. And so you have to sift through all that. Because remember, sometimes volume, which is what you might see on television, won't translate into quantity or quality time for your case, right? If it's a meal, if the head lawyer's really just a figurehead, not really handling the cases, you know, all of that should go into your consideration. And again, it's the reason we have this podcast. It's the reason we bring this information to you so that you can ask the question when it happens, what kind of lawyer do I want to hire? The reason you ask the question is, of course, why we're here. And that's so you don't get hurt twice.